peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast, bringing you an awesome show today. I'm going to sit down with Chase Ford, is a prior Marine and is a current gym owner of CrossFit One Shot. And I'm not going to sit here and, and introduce him myself. I'm going to go ahead and let him do it. I've known, we've known, I've known Chase and, and his wife through some mutual friends, I think it is what it is. And, and we've just always been connected. And one thing that I really do enjoy about Chase is the fact that he, he seems to have this idea or have the whole priority and compartmentalizing life, running a gym, training and everything and in a really good balance, you know, and I'm not going to go depth into that just yet. We're going to go ahead and talk about that later on. But Chase, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah. I mean, we've been trying to get this show going for a while and we've had to, had to reset some things or whatever else. But yeah, let's, let's, let's go ahead and dive deep into it, man. Let's go ahead and drop a little bit. You know, what got you into, you know, fitness and running a facility, you know, obviously everyone goes down into the Marine Corps and, oh, I was in the Marines and I needed to get healthy and I needed to go ahead and stay in shape to, to, you know, not only be operational, but to live life. And, and you were a machine gunner, so you had to be able to be somewhat strong and, and carry all that gear. Cause we all know whoever's a machine gun in the Marine Corps knows that if you're carrying a 240 with all the bullets to a 240, that gets heavy very quickly. <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah, so I uh, served four years in the Marine Corps um, and then obviously did some combat deployments to Iraq and came back from Iraq with uh, the mindset of, you know, trying to deal with PTSD style issues um, and not going down the path of being, you know, heavily medicated, uh, which is the route that they want most veterans to go. Um, so I chose the route of fitness. So in the Marine Corps, I actually started dabbling into you know, like little 10 K mud runs and stuff like that. Um, and then started doing, uh, triathlons just to try to like push myself outside the normal boundaries of what I was doing normally. Um, instead of having to sit back and take certain medications to help cope with PTSD stuff. So, so fitness was my outlet for that. Did you, so where did you, I mean, how long were you in for what year to what year were you in? I was in uh, 2004 to 2008. Okay, cool. So you actually were in the big push up into Fallujah then, I'm guessing? Um, just after that. So, I, But I served in, we were out of Camp Fallujah, so I served in Karma, Iraq. Oh, yeah. Um, which was a pretty uh, yeah. heavily combat area. Um, we always say, like, if we weren't getting attacked, then they were planning an attack. Yeah, so. I know how that feels for sure. So, all right, cool. So yeah. it, it legitimately, right, we, we were we're having to deal with some, some trauma from deployments, obviously. And you're right, dude. That's one thing that we see all the time, dude, is guys will go ahead and jump on medications or just kind of move to booze. And, and that's the only, you know, the only way they think, um, to make themselves feel better. And I, and you know, nothing against whoever does that, you know, I understand we have demons and dragons and we all choose to chase them on their own, you know, and that's one thing that I fell into, I know for a fact was, I, I, it was a little bit of fitness stuff already. I was doing it, but I started blending fitness and boozing together. And, and that was a, uh, that seems like a normal thing for a lot of veterans, right? They're like, Oh, look at me. I'm fit. I do all these things. But on the weekends, they burn it down. Like they were back in the military. Cause I know for me, for instance, you know, I would, 
we would do deployment we would do deployments or we were out doing patrols and and whatever else during the week or for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden we come back on the weekends and we just want to burn it down for however many days and repeat that cycle and it's something that I do see a lot of veterans do nowadays that are out you know like you said like they they get out still chase fitness and then they decide to go ahead and just continue boozing or living it up that on, on the weekend still and it kind of just does that whole reverse thing and it's it still leads us and it's not really fixing anything so I'm, I, did you get really heavy into booze after you got back or did you kind of stay away from that idea? Um, in the, in the Marine Corps, I really didn't drink that much. Um, obviously now living in Wisconsin, they drink a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's part of the culture. So, but I, I mean, I would say like, for me, like things that I do is like, obviously like have a goal in mind. And that's why I do the races that I do to kind of keep me on track. And I definitely know like the days that are harder. Um, you know, I need to push myself a little bit harder to kind of combat some of those issues that, you know, I definitely still do face. Um, so I'm not going down the bad path. So, you know, one thing that I, it's funny cause like, I just, I, I just dropped a podcast saying I'm not running Tahoe 200 this year. Um, just because I put in family first and I do have a newborn here coming up in the next three to four weeks. And then I, I'd be six weeks post post baby being here and, and it wouldn't just, it didn't work out the way I wanted to. And it's okay. But it was one of those things where it was chasing that and filling that void or, or really trying to combat the dragon. And one thing that I've had to really learn is how do I do that now outside of, of not chasing the dragon with specific races. And, you know, for instance, like yesterday, I jumped on my trainer on the bike here and, you know, I threw on some counterparts, hardcore, like that's a band. And I literally just did a 60 minute tempo ride. And as the music got harder, I spun harder. And that was my way of chasing my dragon for, for the day. And I felt great. Like afterwards, it was like, cool. I felt that. And, and again, I'm not saying that that's the way to do it, right? Like that's, there's, there's other ways to do it, but that was just one method in a positive way that I can look at it. Because again, my day wasn't super stressful. It was nothing like that. It was just, Hey, it, I'm busy all day working and I need to let, let some, some steam out and why not utilize, utilizing the bike instead of going out and, and drinking for the weekend or drinking for that night. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about this, man. Let's go into that. You know, you, you, you got out of the military and, you know, were you married right away? Did you, you know, any of those things, like what really got you into owning a business? And cause you do run ultras, you just got done finishing a hundred miler. Um, and that was your second one, correct? Yeah, that was my, uh, first hundred miler. Yep. And I did some other 50 milers oh, okay. and, uh, some other ones. What was the race yeah. that you did? What was the race that you did last year? I thought that was a hundred mile race. Yeah, I just did a uh, Hennepin 100 miler last year. And then this year so was this, a 50 miler? This year, this year I just did an eight-hour loop race. Okay. Uh, so I did almost 40 miles in eight hours. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, man, he yeah. just had a baby. How the hell is he running 100 miles? Like, yeah. that's impressive. But okay, cool. So it was an eight-hour loop. Um, so, you know, let's go and dive into that. You know, what is what is the the, the process that you have found for yourself, you know, and, and again, I'm not trying to say this is the way for everybody, but again, taking other people's stories and experiences and being able to create patterns that equal positivity for themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I just had a kid three weeks ago, so we have a new, uh, a new baby, um, which immediately changes dynamic of what you have to do every day. Um, I'm very regimented in terms of like planning out my days, planning out my weeks. I got my training schedule, um, but I've come to learn that you got to have flexibility with that. Um, especially being a business owner as well. There's priorities that the business, you know, you need to focus on the business. Um, but there's also priorities you need for training because you have goals. 
Um, so like right now my son's waking up in the middle of the night, like crazy. So I'm preparing to get up for this 3am run and all of a sudden I can't do it. So now I got to do it in the middle of the day when it's super hot, you know, trying to cram in as much as possible. Um, and make sure I'm staying efficient with that. So, yeah, well, and that's kind of one of those things, right? Is like, you know, opening a business and being a full-time parent and still trying to be, you know, chase goals. It's a, it's a question everyone always looks to have, right? Like how do you, how can we make this happen? And it's kind of one of those things where if it's a priority for you, you're going to figure it out and make it happen. And, and the goal, and, and I've talked about this on the podcast before is like consistency, right? Again, if you have to get a long run and you only get it during the day, you know, what if you get four of those in instead of three big runs? And we've talked about that on the phone before too, right? Remember we, we had a long conversation last year a few times and it was like, man, it just get consistent with it. Like even if you can't do a big back-to-back run, but you're able to get in, you know, a good two hour run and the next day, a two hour run, the next day, a two hour run, you know, you're, you're able to build consistency and that builds towards your goal instead of looking at this, at this big chunk, um, that most people kind of want to do. It's kind of weird. Like they, they want to try and take huge chunks out of their, out of their, their to-do list every single day. And it's kind of one of those things is why not just be consistent and getting very small stuff done that leads you to, you know, that bigger, bigger accomplishment or, or getting, knocking out that to-do list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead, man. Like, give me some, uh, give me some, you know, what is it that you do day to day when you have to run the gym and, and everything else like that? You know, I know that's one of those things. Yeah. So, um, at our gym, we have six other coaches too, that obviously help out with coaching classes and stuff. Um, but typically, you know, I'm up four o'clock in the morning, coming into the gym and I coach, uh, till about 10 in the morning and I'm getting in workouts, like when we're not coaching classes, um, and then, you know, keep that schedule up. Sometimes we change it up where I'm coming in at nighttime um, just to build some flexibility and giving me other options of things to do um, in case my schedule just kind of goes awry throughout the week. So. So what is your can you break down your routine? Like, you know, do you have a morning routine when you're not going to the gym or when you are going to the gym? You know, I, I know for me, it's being able to run and work from like work from home and do those things. Like I have is have to have a discipline routine to get it done. And it's kind of one of those things where I wake up, make sure that I've, you know, have at least 20 to 30 minutes to myself only. Um, and then move on with that. And obviously like I'll have a newborn here coming up, but those are something that I would still like to continue to have and do as long as possible. Have you seen that you've lost that at all with the newborn being here now and having to get that in? Um, not really. Um, just obviously, you know, you got to adapt and overcome and to the new challenges that you face with the newborn. Um, but typically I get up in the morning, um, before my four-year-old gets up, um, have some coffee, kind of have some peace to myself and kind of prepare my daily schedule mentally on what I'm going to do, um, drop them off at school. And then I always try to cram in a little 30 minute podcast on the way from dropping them off at school to the gym just to kind of like set my tone for the day. And, um, you know, if I'm thinking about a race or if I'm thinking about business, I'll throw in a little podcast and kind of get some uh, insight, whatever I'm thinking about. Do you have any races coming up soon? Yes. I'm doing two other races this year. Um, in June or no, in August, I'm doing a 50 K. Um, it's called the underdown. And that's pretty technical terrain, uh, preparing for this race that kind of spun off of, uh, the Barclay marathon. Okay. It's called the Mar- It's called the Margie Jessic. 
Um, it's a 50 mile, uh, unsupported, no aid station race. Oh, wow. So it's like a 60% dropout rate. Oh, so it's a fat ass race. So, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's going to be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. So there's supposed to be, it's just like GPS marked course with the GPS on your watch. Um, and you have to collect tokens as you go throughout the race. So, and if you don't, obviously if you complete the 50 miles, but you show up at the end with, you know, one less token, then you don't make it. Oh, wow. Really? So, yeah. And where's this, where's this located? Is this going to be in Tennessee also? This, this one's in Ishtaming, uh, Michigan. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So, it's not ran yeah. by the same, obviously race director then. It's not, no, they, they kind of found out about that race and they kind of made their own, uh, started out as a mountain bike race and some runners decided that they wanted to go up and run it. So now they've opened it up to runners. Dude, it's crazy, man. So, is, is there so many races out there that you could go ahead and look for? And it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where everyone just looks at their local area and forgets about some of the fun races that are all over the place. For instance, like this 50 miler, it's a fat ass 50 miler that you have to it's like land nav, bro. It's like, yeah, for sure. Literally it's like yeah. land nav. Like that's, yeah, that's fucking, that is like, man, that's, that's some pressure because you're like, all right, am I going the right way? Did I get enough tokens that I know, you know, like, yeah. What's the it's a total for, for me? It's like a total mental game already. Cause I'm already thinking like, okay, obviously I don't want to quit. I'm not afraid of running 50 miles, but I have to move a certain distance at a certain time. I have to make sure I get the tokens, you know, how much water do I bring all that kind of preparation stuff that I'm going through. Yeah. Um, Are you, what is the terrain uh, like? The terrain is just all uphill the whole way. So the course description just says hills, hills, hills. Dude. And you live, so, do you live in an area with any mountains at all? Uh, we do not have any right here in Wisconsin, but I have some terrain that I've used to train for other races that I'm going back to just doing loops and stuff to try to dictate or, you know, kind of get prepared for that. Dude. So, yeah. And, and so the whole loop thing, right. Cause that's one of those things that I, 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 I enjoy doing loops, but I also don't enjoy doing loops. Like, because it's one of those things where like, I have a couple loops out here that I'll do. Um, and there's one loop I have and it's a 4.2 mile loop with 1500 feet of elevation gain in it. And, you know, I like to turn that into like, just gonna see how fast I can get five loops done or how fast I can, you know, maybe a 50 yeah. K soon. That's going to be, you know, that, that will be over 10 K and climbing with 31 miles. Like I, that's cool to do, you know, but training on loops is not easy. Let's, let's just, let's just say that, right? Like I know a lot of people reach out and when we talk about like, you know, Hey, setting up aid stations at trucks or setting up aid stations at your car. So you can practice that kind of style of racing. Because again, you know, I, I, I had a conversation with somebody uh, recently and you know, I was like, what do you feel that made you fail the race? And the, the answer was confidence. But then I was like, well, what, a, why, what, there's something deeper than just confidence. What was it? And it was a lack of preparation and understanding how to race actually, and how to under and how to go into aid stations and know what to be, you know, and the biggest feeling is, or how do I, how do I feel starting at the start line? You know, a lot of people get caught up in that hype of, of trying to keep up with those elite runners and those elite runners, obviously, you know, it's kind of what I was thinking about today when I'm on my run today was I might be able to hold a nine minute mile pace right now. You know, those guys is nine minute mile pace with a heart rate of 135, 140. My heart rate at, at a nine minute mile pace is 150. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, 
we might be holding the same times and moving the same pace, but the effort that I'm putting towards that is harder than the elites. And over time, that does catch up to you and will put you into a hole and now you have to work out of it. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, how do you approach that, you know, getting ready for a race and knowing that the start line is there and knowing that you have to maintain a specific time, right? And I call it moving with a purpose. And, and luckily, coming from the military, we we are able to to move with a purpose when we need to. And it 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 can be a hindrance because you you look at it. And I know for myself, and I'm pretty sure you, especially being I know you're not a sniper, but being in a scout sniper platoon and having to do E and E's and having to make checkpoints and having to make dar sites. And if no one doesn't know what dar sites are, designated aerials of retrieval, um, you have those within you know E and E plans. So getting into ultra running, do you kind of have that same feeling also like, you know, at the start line and then drop the waist throughout the race? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, a great point because like it's all running ultras. You don't think it's like really strategic because it's a long distance, but really from minute zero till you're out there, you know, till you're done, like the whole thing is strategically thought out, you know, like I'm very much of a hippie runner and I, into the heart rate stuff. And, you know, I'm very much in tune with like what my body is doing and what my body is feeling. Um, and I use that as a governor to kind of like go faster, go slower. You know, if I'm starting to breathe too heavy, I try to figure out, okay, what am I doing right now that I could do to kind of dial back the pace a little bit, you know, um, like the loop race I just did, I built in a solid, uh, run walk strategy that we, we've talked about yeah. before. Um, but this one, this is my third time doing the race. And I was like, all right, this is my opportunity to try to like push it, you know? So like I did a lot better than I did the previous year. Um, but I was just trying to push that distance a little bit, but still staying inside that comfort zone, knowing that, Hey, I got to be out here for eight hours. Yeah. You know, I still had a goal. Like I still wanted to get, you know, to about 40 miles, but you know, you just, you don't know how your body's going to react or how your body's going to, uh, Hold up throughout the entire day, you know, and even at age stations, everything's planned, you know, like your food you take in and, you know, maybe you ate something and upset your stomach. Okay. What am I going to do with the next aid station? You know, it, um, and it's a constant, constant game in your head. Even as you're approaching the next one, what am I taking now? You know what I need? So I, I enjoy, I enjoy this conversation because both of us are not elite runners. Let's just be honest. Like we're not elite runners for me. I'm either middle of the pack or towards the, 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 the end of the middle of the pack. And that's just who I am. That's just, I, I know I'm not a fast runner. Do I like to be a fast runner? Sure. But for all those things that happen, you do have to get really good at understanding your body. Like you said, right? Yeah. I do train with heart rate. Same do I, I push that with softly. Like we push that all the time, right? In the apex programming. Hey, you know, if you do have a heart rate monitor, we're going to be working on aerobic function development and we're going to be working on threshold or tempo work or energy system development or, or, you know, blending the aerobic and anaerobic system. And, and there is a time when to use it and there is a time when to not use it. And, and that's something that, you know, I truly believe is a big thing, right? And I know we have guys training for marathons and everything else like that. And it's it's like, hey, like you need to know what your body can do at specific times throughout a race, especially getting into deep in a race. And again, granted, someone training for a marathon shouldn't be running a marathon for, for a training day. 
but they can visualize themselves and put themselves in positions, what it feels like to run that last 10K of the race and know what they need. Um, and you have to find that out with training, right? And it's kind of cool that you brought the whole like walking into the aid station and figuring out like, hey, what is it that you really need? That's something that I get asked all the time. Like, how do you know what you need when you walk into aid station? And my answer is like, honestly, like it changes every single time I come in because one thing I have talked, I don't think I've talked about it before on the podcast, but is the different variables in ultra running and the different variables in endurance and not just endurance, but putting yourself out in nature and actually utilizing your body to move over terrain that is not in an artificial setting, that isn't a real setting that tests your, your, your skills in a real setting, right? And that is huge in knowing to go into the aid station and be like, well, that effort that I just had a seven mile climb over fucking 2K invert, I probably don't need anything super high in sugar. I probably need a little bit more fats and and then take in some hydration and, and take whatever I need from there because now take some extra sugar with me because I have a seven mile downhill that I'm gonna be fucking holding an eight to a nine minute mile down the mountain. I know that, right? Like that's just understanding the contextual intelligence of yourself and learning from prior training. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, one of the things you said is visual visualization. Like whenever I'm doing my training runs and I feel like I'm at a hard spot, I always visualize myself late in the race or deep in the race. Like, okay, this is how I'm going to be feeling when I'm at mile 80. This is how I'm going to be feeling, you know, at the end of a marathon when I'm trying to get the last six miles in, you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't want to stay out there two more miles to finish the run. Like it's easy to go back to the car and sit in the car, but that's not teaching myself anything, you know, Yeah. because you're going to hit those walls and you're going to face those challenges. And if you don't practice them in training, when you get to a race, you're just going to fall apart. Yeah. And, and, and that's true, man. Like, you know, we, we've, one thing that I have realized, especially for myself moving into the endurance world and still doing strength work, right? Cause I know you do a bunch of CrossFit still. I know when we talked previously, I think last year and we still talk, obviously when we talked, but getting ready for that race, I was like, yeah, manage your effort with CrossFit. Like if you're going to go out and do a hard training session or a long run and you want to do CrossFit throughout the week, cool, do CrossFit. And that's fucked. And that's perfectly fine. I don't like, I don't think nothing wrong with it, but you have to manage the intensity of what you're doing outside of your priority of train of your priority of training which is your running because again it's a supplement right like you know i have a buddy right now rick alexander who is getting ready for moab 200 or 240 and he was and and he was talking about hey you know i do crossfit i like to do crossfit twice a week and i'm like dude you can do it just understand that like you have to be smart in, in how to manage that intensity besides all the running you're doing right and, and it's something that we focus here at softly with you look at our strength and stamina teams and you look at you know, how, you know, depending on what the day is like, if it's a hard strength day, your stamina session is not going to be super crazy or the intensity is going to be light on it. Or if your strength day is super low intensity and not super high volume, we're going to drop the hammer a little bit on you for the strength work or for the stamina work. And it's kind of the same idea with managing all of what we're talking about, right? Coming into the eight stations and understanding your body and knowing what it feels like in visualization of putting yourself in there. And I've done that before too. I know training for my very first race for a hundred mile Kodiak, 
you know, I luckily was able to get onto the course. So I got to see what it was and experience what it felt like and know what I'm moving over. So I was able to take that from my, from training. And then whenever I was training elsewhere, if I wasn't there, I was able to put myself in that position. And I know when I was running four days straight or three days straight with big back to back to backs, like you've done previously too, I was able now on that third day going in to visualize myself and be like, this is what it's going to feel like at mile 80 when I'm in the shit and I got to fight myself to get out of it. And again, Mm -hmm. most of the time, whenever I'm in those positions, it's always worse than what I expected but I prepared myself so much already for the worst to come that I'm able to get myself out of it and just continue moving or be successful, you know? And that's something that a lot of people don't realize to do, especially with course elevation profiles. Like looking at a course elevation profile over and over again gives you, man, it it can be the smallest thing that'll help you finish the race, like or, or accomplish whatever you want in terms of getting through a specific section of a race you know what i'm saying that doesn't just go with ultras that goes with triathlons that goes with you know that even goes with fucking in selection or doing whatever like we talked about land nav right like understanding the terrain and being able to know what it looks like you can now get to set up a strategic plan that you want to work towards right so and, and i like to use elite ultra runners for example like we'll go ahead and take uh the top three that just want that top three of western states all sub 15 hours like wow and <laughs> unbelievable and and if you look at the third place guy tom evans tom you know when he did a he did an interview with i run far and he talks about it he's like you know i i just paid attention to a bunch of the veteran runners around me and i paid attention to the previous runners in the past and where i wanted to be and if i was around a certain person i knew that i was doing right and all i was looking for was like i needed to slow down here because this is my weakness this is my strength and if things felt easy it felt easy it felt hard it felt hard and i just backed off a little bit um you know talk me through you know what you do to really find what works for you in terms of you know when you are because it's the variables within all of this is there's so many of them we got heat we got i mean we just got weather in general right like it's heating up probably where you're at what is it it's like 98 degrees out there right now yeah so that's the biggest thing is the race so I, the, race, the race i just did it's called the title town ultras laps um they have a six hour eight hour and 15 and a half hour component yeah um the biggest challenge i faced last year was the heat living in the midwest it was like 60 70 degrees the day of the race it all of a sudden was 90 reaching to 100 degrees oh shit so it crushed me last year. Um, so this year for the past, like two months, I've been mentally like telling myself, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. Like getting in that mindset, running with a sweatshirt on, trying to like, you know, practice that, like, cause your body almost goes into that like anxiety feeling because your, your heart rate's trying to like keep up with all the heat. Um, and it just does havoc to your body, you know, and it definitely was doing havoc to some of the people out there, but I mean, you got to know it, you got to be prepared for it. And I was kind of using it this year as, um, a victory yeah. mentally, because I knew that these guys on the course were going to be facing the heat and they were going to be beaten down. And then that's when I was going to try to like pick it up a little bit. Um, and this year I actually PR by 10 miles oh, from wow. last year. Holy so, shit. Yeah. So I did really good. Huh. Um, did you take any so, salt pills or anything like that? Or did you like, how did that work for you? yeah so i do like the tailwind nutrition stuff um and i did some salt tabs um and that seemed to work very well for the shorter distance that i had to do have you found so, uh, have you found that you get any stomach problems with tailwind 
Uh, I did a little bit when I first started training with it, um, but I just kind of dialed back the dose of it. And um, I do like the, I think it's the natural flavor. So it's no flavor. Um, and it seems to go over pretty well. Yeah. So Well, the reason why I asked that is because like, you're not the only person that says they've had to either adjust their dosage of, of tailwind or they just can't take it because it messes their stomach up. Um, I know we have our Endure that, you know, I got to test in the very beginning when we first brought it out when I was still getting into ultras two and a half years ago and are getting into just back into endurance. And it, it was actually a really cool thing because I was trying out Tailwind also and I was bouncing between the two of them. And I noticed Tailwind was really high in sugar and giving me stomach problems. And then Dura wouldn't give me the stomach problems. I was trying to figure out why. And between those two, I realized, oh, it's a sugar index that is actually causing stomach problems for me. Um, and I've just learned to stay away from those. That's kind of one of those things, you know, and especially because we go in and look at goose, we look at, you know, Roctane, we look at any of that stuff. All that stuff is fueled with sugar. Um, and, and, you know, you think about it, taking in 10 gels within... I mean, I know for me, uh, and we push this with the, with the athletes and the soft lead, if they're doing any type of endurance sessions, anything over 60 minutes plus, even two hours plus, 30, 45 minutes, make sure you're putting in calories and make sure you're drinking water every 20, 30 minutes, sipping on it, make sure you're putting down at least 20 ounces per, you know, 45 minutes, um, those kinds of things just to keep you, you know, fueled, but that's the, that's, that is the bread and butter, man. Like that's something that everyone always tries to look on is how can I get my nutrition dialed in? right? Like how do I get my nutrition dialed in for these races when it's super hot outside, when it's cold outside? Oh, I'm not drinking enough water or why, why am I having these cramps happen? Like I've experienced all those things and I've had to figure out what it is. And it's like, well, lack of hydration, lack of salt, lack of magnesium, lack of whatever, or too much of something, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of it, people don't practice the nutrition, you know? And I practice every run, even if it's a short run, like I'm practicing, like I'm doing, you know, six miles of a uh, ultra, you know, yeah. like just to get your body so used to consuming those calories. Um, because I think a lot of people, the day of those races show up and buy all these gels and they think, Oh, it's going to help me, you know, at the tents and, um, you know, the gift shop or whatever. Yeah. And it just crushes them. Yeah. Cause it's like their body's not used to taking in all those gels. Well, you know? yeah. And it's funny you bring that up to you. The, the word practice is something that I, I really truly enjoy. Um, you know, because it takes very minimal effort to practice things like that. Like, let's be real, right? Like, Hey, go ahead and take a hundred cal gel with you for a f an hour run, eat it at the 30 minute mark and see how you feel because you are going to go ahead and feel those things, you know, like, Oh cool. You got two hour run today. Go ahead and make sure you track how much water you drink, how much food you go ahead and take in. Cool. I mean, I started doing one. Of, I started doing that just recently, getting back into like tracking my nutrition just for runs, and just because of the fact that it, it is heating up out here, and I am running longer outside right now in the heat, and it's kind of. And when we say heat in California, guys, let me just. It's eighty-five degrees and the humidity. It, it's it's it's. You guys, you know how it is. It's fucking beautiful out here. But for us, we our summer yeah. didn't just kick in until recently. So, um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of learning your system and practicing with whatever you can. And I think a lot of people miss that mark in terms of practicing what works. And it even goes into the gym, right? I'm pretty sure you probably harp to your your members at your gym like you should be eating something if you're training for 60 minutes within the gym or have some kind of you know. I know, and I know when I used to run my gym, I used to tell my athletes, hey, make sure we're consuming some kind of high glycemic carbohydrate during your, your session with us um, because you are utilizing a little bit more high intensity as if you were doing an endurance bout. You know, I used to kind of push that out to my athletes at the gym. Um, is there something that you guys do or anything like that or, you know, help help with that? 
Yeah, I mean, just obviously talk to them about like a lot of people come in, you know, in the gym, they're first starting CrossFit or whatever, and they're not used to the high intensity stuff. So they eat breakfast right before they come and they end up like throwing up in the parking lot or on the way home um, after the workout. So definitely, obviously, same thing, figure out what works for them um, before workout, you know, what they're drinking, electrolytes or something throughout the entire workout um, and figuring out post recovery stuff too. So nice, dude. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I know you want to talk about running and, and we've been hammering that down. What is it that, that you find that has really given you clarity with running? You know, I, 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 and the reason why I bring this up is because of the fact that with being a veteran and having PTSD problems and having all those things, you know, everyone's like, well, how is it that endurance has helped build clarity in individuals? You know, we see it all the time. You know, how has it helped you? Because I know a lot of guys that are listening to this and girls also listen to this. People are just dabbing, dabbling with endurance. It's kind of increased, if you notice, over the time period. People mm-hmm. now want to do races, run, swim, whatever. And, you know, what has it given you clarity and what has helped you understand, like, I can't burn it down every single day? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me and why I truly enjoy doing the endurance racing is... um it gives me an opportunity to constantly challenge myself, keep myself goal oriented. Um, and you know, ultra running and Ironmans, marathons, whatever, like it's a total translation into life because you're constantly going to face life obstacles. Um, and I think working out is an opportunity for you to build resilience every day of that. Oh, this workout looks really hard, but I successfully completed it, you know, or, this race I did is very hard, but it's an opportunity for me to conquer that race. And now I can conquer something that I'm struggling with life. You know, um, I push a lot to my members is focusing on the process of what they do and loving the process of the day in and day out, because it's helping them with their life goals. You know, they're a better, um, CEO, they're a better, you know, nurse, they're a better firefighter, better paramedic military guy or gal. Um, because they're constantly, you know, winning at these daily workouts and whatever they're doing, they're getting better, you know, um, and it's making them a better human on the outside and the outside world. So yeah, that's why I really enjoy it. It's kind of one of those things, man, you bring up too, right? Working with businessmen and working with nurses and working with military, you have a, you have obviously a very, very wide spectrum of individuals who come into your gym and, and teach them how to, you know, enjoy the process you know, one thing I found was everyone gets so wrapped around the the workout instead of the process, right? Like you have the businessman come in and, and, you know, he's so wrapped around accomplishing certain projects for his job and everything else like that. He carries that over to his, his workouts. You know, he has this attachment that he needs to drop the hammer on it because it's going to go ahead and give him a certain outcome because that's what happens in his work, right? You, you bust your ass in work and you put the hours in, you see great results. And it's kind of one of the same things that when we go in and look at training sessions, it, it, it doesn't need to be that same exact way in terms of burning it down because it's given that to you in your job. That's just what you do in your job. How about you have this yin and yang that goes ahead in, in a positive way, no pun intended, obviously, but like there's these, these positives that give you this full circle, you know, it's like, do you guys, you know, when you guys have those businessmen or businesswomen come in or nurses who you know have worked really hard and whatever else, do you guys, you know, hey, like this is a session today that you guys should just enjoy and not really burn it down? Or is it more of like, hey, like you might not want to train today? 
Yeah. I mean, obviously like all the sessions are goal oriented, you know, like if you're going to go hard today or if it's a strength day or whatever the specific workout is. And, you know, and I love seeing people's faces that they see the workout on the board and they're just like, man, this is going to be tough or there's something they suck at, you know? And it's like, this is a great opportunity for you to do amazing at this workout and crush it and beat it. Um, cause it's going to help you with your life, you know? Um, going back to our gym, our gym's called CrossFit one shot and it's never been about competitions for us. And it's never been, uh, CrossFit games oriented or anything like that. It's all been about, it's all been about the entire time is about getting people as healthy as possible for whatever they face in their life, you know? Um, and the one shot obviously comes from the Marine side. Um, but it also comes from, you know, using that one shot at life that you have, um, to the fullest of your advantage, you know, and shit's going to come at you in your life and you got to be prepared for it. And this is one way that you can be prepared for it. You know? Yeah. Dude, it's, I like that. I like, I like the one shot because it is you, it, the same thing with our ethos of die living, right? Like you have one life, why not live it to the fullest? Um, this kind of brings me to the next question that, you know, I have for you is the support from your gym, especially me following your social media and stuff. You have really huge support from your gym and not just CrossFit, but like in everyday fitness stuff, you have athletes and you have groups and things of doing runs and doing Spartan races and all those kinds of things. Like how have you turned that bridge and created that similarity for athletes to take their fitness outside? Because a lot of gyms don't do that today. A lot of gyms get stuck in the idea of working out between these four walls and that's what matters only. And there's no real, real life application to what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. So we actually like, we, I mean, we keep scores and obviously to keep track of the workouts that they do every day for their, you know, individual knowledge and stuff, but we're trying to get them to, you know, do great at the workouts that they're doing here. So they do those things on the outside very well. You know, they want to do, they want to sign up for a 5k. They want to go do that Spartan race. Um, you know, they want to go hike a mountain, um, and really push themselves beyond what these four walls are intended for, you know, it's way more than a workout. Um, and obviously for me, I definitely live that because I'm supplementing using CrossFit for ultra running. Um, but it's getting me prepared too, for just being as strong and healthy, you know, that I can be for my life. Um, and as being a, a parent, uh, business owner, all that other stuff and trying to get other people to really live that every day, you know, and from myself and all the coaches that we have on staff, like we're pushing that hard every day. Um, which is, you know, why we see a lot of that on the social media stuff, because we're just trying to get people to be great outside, Yeah, you know? It, so it's great that you got a, it's great that you got a PR on your deadlift, but how does that help you outside? Yeah. You know? And can you really use that? And what's, what, where does that get you? Yeah. You know, that's what we're looking for. What's it, make sure we have the transferability between those two. Like I might have you PR your deadlift, but it's also just made you more durable and resilient to ABC in life. So now I like that. One thing you, mm -hmm. you, you, do, you did talk about, you know, when you do your CrossFit stuff to supplement your endurance training, that's not very many people utilize. I mean, at least for me, I, I try and avoid utilizing CrossFit to supplement for endurance training because CrossFit is already endurance training as it is. And as many people want to sit here and tell me, well, I'm wrong and whatever else, go look at the previous years of what is being tested and how many days they're being tested. 
let's be honest, they're just doing multi, multi-event multi days. And if I was to take a runner like yourself and use this as an example, and you have a multi-day race, it's nothing different than a fucking multi-day competition that we see at CrossFit. So why, you know, how do you manage? I know we've talked about the intensity aspect of it all, but how do you take that day-to-day because a lot of athletes don't have that control or that discipline? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very okay with doing the uh, non-RX prescribed weight. Um, and definitely on days that I have a big run coming up the next day, I'm not going to be doing heavy deadlifts or heavy back squat or something like that. Um, so I have dialed it back there, which takes a lot of discipline as an athlete to do, especially being the owner of a gym because everyone's watching you. Um, and all eyes are on you, like why you're not at the top of the leaderboard or, you know, I have different goals in, in mind, um, which now they all understand that because they see me running like a madman. Um, but, you know, understanding the intention of the workout and navigating, okay, like today is a, an opportunity where I can go lighter, but maybe I'm going to get more rounds in a workout, um, you know, a little bit higher intensity so I could actually use it for training um, for my running. So, I think the CrossFit style workouts bring a lot of versatility to trail running specifically because your body, like I was thinking about this yesterday when I was running, your body on the trail is just going through everything. You're tripping on rocks. I fell over yesterday, face planted, you know, and, you know, I hit a rock and I tweaked my back and it's like, you're putting yourself through all these different workouts in the gym on a daily basis, you know, box jumping, running down the road, jump, you know, doing jump rope. Uh, you might be on the rower, you know, you might be doing pull-ups. You're preparing your body for all those different things that you're going to face on the trail. Uh, okay. So that's why I like it. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So like it's preparing you for the control for you're utilizing the artificial setting to develop the controlled chaos or have the controlled chaos. So when you get put into a real life situation, like running on the trails, your body is now ready to handle whatever unknown chaos is coming their way. Um, I, I think that's, it, and I never really looked at CrossFit that way just because of the fact that I I, I don't know, man, for some reason for me, dude, I just, I coming from the competitive aspect of CrossFit and seeing what it can do to you. And then now living the health and wellness and, and living that longevity. It's like, I feel like I can do that with other things, you know, as well. You know, I do like friends and it's just all strength conditioning is really what it is. And we're talking the same thing here, you know, for right. you, you like to utilize control chaos through your CrossFit workouts, changing, you know, the way the system operates, you know, going from box jumps to toes, the bar from toes, the bar to handstand pushups. I just like box jumps is a, is a global movement. Toes, the bar and handstand pushups are more of a, you know, I look as, as a regional focus movement, right? We're utilizing a certain percentage of the muscle mass in our body to move ourselves through this. Um, and, and, and it's the same thing. And I go and look at running. It's kind of like, well, I'm using my legs the whole time, but I also are using my upper body to maintain a certain position and posture throughout my run. And the better posture I have throughout my run, the more energy I get to conserve and gives me that effort that we talk about on the back. And I see now what you're talking about with CrossFit and utilizing in the right way. And again, managing effort and intensity is I am now developing the controlled chaos in an environment, in an environment that's artificial and safe. And then I take that, move it out to a specific real life situation that I know that I'm training for that I can be ready for. And again, it goes back to just the whole idea of GPP, right? Like, you know, it's like, yeah, dude, word, man. I, I appreciate your time today, dude. And jumping on and talking with me. I know we've been talking about getting this done for a few, for a little bit. And 
you know, having your insight into things, especially being with a time of mine, it's, it's, it's always nice to have those, those warm and fuzzies inside, dude. So I thank you and appreciate that. You know, um, if anybody wants any questions or look up you up or ask you, you know, get a hold of you, how can they do that? Uh, Instagram chase Ford endurance is probably the easiest way. Okay. So shoot me a message. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And if they have anybody have any questions or anything like that, like shoot them a message. Um, like I said, chase is one of those guys who, who, lives the lives the life of a gym owner full-time parent ultra running crossfitter athlete you you name it everything and and if you need help or trying to figure out ways like reach out to chase i'm pretty sure he has some really good uh other information insights that he's added on top of what we just got done talking about if you guys have any questions for me you know where to reach me coach underscore gb3 or email me at george at softly.com um till next time we will check you later